When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show. The place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast, and welcome to our Bills-Bears preseason postgame show. The final whistle just blew, and our Bears, well, blew it. Uh, they lost 28-27. They had a 20-0 halftime lead, gave up 25 points in the fourth quarter to make the end of this preseason unbearably long. Uh, but yeah, here we are, another late night. Uh, so this is like a weird postgame show. It's like a postgame show, but also Nick and I are going to unveil our 53-man rosters. But I guess I should introduce myself. Of course, I'm your host, Will DeWitt. And to help me break down this Bears game, I have Nicholas Moriano here with me. Nick, uh, summarize that game in a sentence or two. Man, it was just long. I mean, it was 20-0 at halftime, and like you said, the Bears end up losing. It was just a long, long game. It started off promising, and then that was the end result. So it was just a long game in general. Yeah, and I opted out of the caffeine at halftime, and I'm already kind of kicking myself in the butt for that decision. It's been a long day. Personal note, going through a job transition, actually got a promotion a couple days ago, which is very exciting indeed uh, for me and the family. So a little tired of balancing all of this past couple days. It, double duty on the podcast, but we progress, we power through. And like, like I said, thank God the preseason is over. I can't wait to not even utter the words preseason again after this show for at least another year, but let's go ahead and let's jump right into our opening drive, uh, which is the first quarter of our show. And let's begin with this week's monster moment. And my monster moment for this game is going to have to be Doran Grant's pick six, right? The second uh, time the Bears defense is on the field for their second series, only took a play. And boom, pick six, Doran Grant on the right sideline for the offense, the Bears' left sideline, depending on which way you want to put the perspective or the spin on this. But he jumped the route, made a nice play in the ball, was able to haul it in, and then just book it to the end zone, got the Bears up 10-0 early, did a lot for the momentum of the game, especially in that first half. Obviously, the momentum didn't carry over to the fourth quarter. Um, but regardless, the guy who's been on the roster bubble, and he still is on the roster bubble, but someone who really needed to make a case to make this roster – Plays like that get you noticed, not just by fans, but coaches. And that's why that's going to be my monster moment. 
And Brandon is not here. So, Nick, do you have any stats of the game? I have a few if you don't, but I just wanted to give you the opportunity. I do not have any. I knew you would have some, though, Will. I knew you would have some. Always putting it on me. All right, so I have three. I could have four. I just had fun with numbers today. Uh, The first one, 19.25. That was the amount of yards per carry that Ryan all had in the entire game. It all came in the first half, but all of his carries came in the first half. I have another number. It's eight. That's the number of Bears who had reception in the first half. So obviously the Bears were spreading the wealth, which I really, really liked. Hopefully it's something we see this season come uh, you know, real games. And I have 10, which was the number of incompletions that the Bears defense at one time forced in a row. So obviously that was all wiped away by the number 25, which was the points given up in the fourth quarter. But just a few stats just to throw out here today in the preseason finale. Nick, I'm going to hand it over to you for your knack or knock. What do you got? You know, I'll end it off on a good note. So we'll go with a knack, and that's just for the guys that were fighting. For This preseason meant a lot to these guys that are on the roster bubble, but guys like Doran Grant making that pick six, 33-yard interception. Ryan Nall having that yard average per carry. Uh, Kylie Fitz, who reemerged this game. These younger guys who are trying to fight for a roster bar just be on the roster, this 53-man roster that gets set on Saturday, really showed up today, especially in the first half. Kylie fits more so in the second half, but a lot of those guys stepped up and maybe you know uh, played well enough to be on the 53-man roster. Yeah, no doubt. And Nick, we're going to jump right into our most valuable bear segment. I just want to go right back to you. Who's going to be your MVB tonight? You know what? I have to go with Doran Grant. Uh, He's a guy that I've liked all of uh, preseason. He's made some plays early on, and then you see this 33-yard interception. He also had a a pass deflection in the game. So I thought he's deserving of this, uh, and I think maybe he's one of those guys that may have earned him a spot on the 53-man roster. Yeah, we'll get to that towards the end of the show when we unveil our 53-man rosters. Nice tease there, Nick. Uh, for me, my MVB, I'm going to go right back to one of my first stats of the game here. I'm going to give it to Ryan All for those four carries, 79 yards. Every time he touched the football today, it seemed like he was making something happen. I mean, obviously, he averaged about 20 yards every time uh, the ball was in his hands. He had one catch for two yards, which he didn't do a lot there. But in terms of being a running back, and he was lined up as a fullback for some of these carries as well, and he was being able to make some damage. Someone that we talked about early on in preseason, I could have even been during the countdown to camp series is how he kind of reminds us of like a Peyton Hillis, especially, you know, that for that one season that Peyton Hillis was Peyton Hillis. And tonight, I think we saw glimpses of that because not only was he able to uh, line up as a fullback and be, uh, you know, a factor in terms of producing yards, but in the second half, he was lined up as a fullback and he was lead blocking. He was, you know, creating creases for, uh, of course, uh, Niles Davis. So for me, uh, seeing Nall not only finding ways to produce uh, yards on the ground, but also do fullbacky things in terms of like lead blocking, is someone who really, again, could have made a really strong case for the Bears to uh, keep him on the 53 man roster. So for me, Ryan Nall is going to be my MVB. All right, so usually, and it will tonight, but I just want to give people a preview for the Packers postgame show, which I'm very excited about. Energy level is going to be through the roof. Nothing like tonight's preseason <laughs> finale. Um, but a new segment, and Nick, I'm just going to give you the name of it. I, I haven't even told Nick or Brandon what this is going to be about, but I'm going to call it The Lowdown. So just think about that for 10 days. The Lowdown is how we're going to end the first quarters Takes of our show. Finally. What's, what's up? You're writing it down? I'm going to take, take some notes for the first time. 
<laughs> All right, Nick's taking notes. It is the first time. It's preseason. Put your pen down. All right, so that's going to do it for the first quarter of our postgame show. And before we enter the second quarter of our show, which, of course, is our offensive breakdown, I need to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Football is back, and SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone. Nick has it on his phone. Brandon has it on his phone. All the Bears brothers use the SeatGeek app or the website. It's by far the easiest way that we've been able to search for tickets. We can be anywhere, pull out our phones, and within a few tabs, instantly find some seats. And again, I've been talking about this for a few weeks, but I'm really loving uh, their little value meter because you can sort by value. So you can make sure that the tickets you are paying for are the most worth it, the most bang for your buck. And by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on the value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And it doesn't just end with sports. SeatGeek has plenty of tickets to concerts, comedy, and theater too. And I'm going to just plug two games again. Bears home opener against the Seahawks on Monday night. Plenty of amazing deals left. Check it out. We're also heading to Miami. I keep getting emails every time I talk about this Miami game. People are like, oh, I want to go. I want to go meet you guys. Where are you sitting? Section to what? 356? I think that's off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it's 356, which is section 301 is right next to it, which is a little funky. Um, but last <laughs> time I checked, 301 had a lot of good deals for those tickets. And Nick, I know you mentioned this in the past with our section. It's in the shade. And I think in Miami, that's kind of preferred. I know it's October, but still... More than likely going to be pretty hot, but we're going to be in Miami for the Bears-Dolphins game. Over 35, 40 Bears fans are going to be there joining us, and we would love for you to join us as well. And again, SeatGeek has plenty of tickets still for that game. And the best part of all is that our listeners get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All righty, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. This is your host, Little Wit. I'm joined by my Bears brother, Nicholas Moriano, and the two of us are breaking down this Bears preseason finale against the Bills, and now it's time to briefly discuss what we saw from the Bears offense. And Nick, any opening thoughts? You know, Tyler Bray looked really good, um, especially uh, early on, just able to make quick decisions, getting the ball, like you said, distributing it to a bunch of his playmakers that he had out there tonight. Uh, he looked fluid, though, and... Yes, it is the last preseason game. He's supposed to look like this because this is where Tyler Bray, you know, stays in the league. It's able to be able to facilitate and distribute the ball in these preseason games that really he's just showing people like, here's what he can do. But I thought he, he played really well. And again, the running backs, Taquan Mazel, he was a, a guy that was very elusive. Ryan Nall, we already talked about. So these guys, they were showing up today, uh, tonight, and it, it was really great to see from those guys. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I mean, Everything you've already mentioned, uh, the only thing I would like to maybe sprinkle in and just add on to your point of like Bray looking solid is it seemed like, especially in the first half of this game, it didn't look anything like a John Fox era pre you know preseason finale where you know guys weren't really out there doing too much effort. They really they seemed prepared. In years past, it seemed like they just put you know random backups out there, not a lot of game planning, and like go out there. And we'll just kind of pick a few guys to kind of test out in terms of setting up some plays for him. This is totally different. You can tell they had some sense of, you know, direction, how they wanted to take this. Of course, you played the Bills later on this year, so you're not going to show many of your cards. But regardless, uh, they found a way to get Burton, uh, not Burton, sorry, Bray involved in this, uh, in the offense early. You know, he hasn't played uh, too much, played a little bit last week, had the week off prior. And for him to come out there in a the rhythm early on, 
uh, for me, it was very enticing because if you can get your third backup or your third quarterback ready to go here for this preseason finale, just imagine what they're doing behind the scenes for these past few weeks uh, for a man named Mitchell Trubisky getting ready for that Sunday nighter against the Packers. I know Trubisky during uh, his little sideline interview talked about being one day ahead of the preparation, which I really like. I haven't heard that yet, but it's something that really kind of perked my ears when I heard him talk about that and the fact that they're taking that approach they're trying to the quarterbacks are trying to just be one day ahead it's just going to set this team up for success if not immediately definitely down the road but offense was moving early they seemed to take a more lackadaisical approach in the second half trying to chew clock which I was all for um, but of course uh, the bills had other things coming in <laughs> the fourth quarter um, so looking at position specifics and we don't have to go really too much depth into this again it's a game that uh, you don't get a lot take, to take out of because a lot of these guys aren't going to be on the team here in just a few days. But uh, Tyler Bray, we already talked about him a little bit, quarterback, but he finished 19-29, 180 yards. He had the one interception, which I think you know went right through the receiver's hands, and the DB just made a really good play on the ball. I was only sacked one time, but overall, Nick, uh, what would you take from Bray's day? And I know we're going to do 53-man roster predictions later on in the show, but uh, do you think he earned his way onto the team if he's already on the, on the you know, outside looking in? What's your take on that? That's tough to say because, again, we have to take this into perspective. He is going against you know second, third stringers, guys that are probably not going to be in the league come tomorrow or whatnot. So Tyler Bray, he had a really good game, and I was expecting him to, especially um, you know playing against these low-level guys, which he's at right now. So I don't know about if he, you know, played himself a, a spot in the 53 man roster, but yeah, he had a good game. Like I said, he was decisive. He knew like he, he knew what he was doing out there. And that's what you want to see from a guy like that, especially playing with guys that he's been practicing with for the majority of training camp, these lower level guys. But yeah, I mean, I expect him to look good for me. Um, we saw him a lot in the hall of fame game, which again, was almost five weeks ago, which is insane that it happened so fast. And then from now, and I see growth, and that's what I like to see. That's what we talk about all preseason long, that we want to see development, we want to see progress, we want to see growth. And I think we saw that out of Tyler Bray uh, throughout this preseason, throughout this training camp. And so for me, I just want to, you know, even if he's not going to be on this team, I know he's done a lot of work for helping Trubisky get acclimated in this offense. And he did a serviceable job uh, this preseason, and he can tell he put in the work. He got better as well as the rest of the Bears' offense did as the preseason went along. So for me, uh, I just want to kind of highlight the fact that we have seen improvement from him throughout this preseason. Uh, real quick, before we go over to running backs, I just saw a tweet. Uh, he goes by Big T on Twitter. Uh, apparently the Bills fans at Soldier Field are like acting like they won a Super Bowl, which, you know, Bills Mafia, that's what they do, apparently. But I just want to say, apparently they're a little rambunctious over there at Soldier Field. Just an update I saw come across my Twitter feed. But let's go ahead into uh, running backs today. Again, we talked about Nall in depth. Um, you know, Niall Davis, 19 carries, which is a load of carries for him. Uh, only 48 yards. Obviously, he's someone who isn't going to be making this team. He's just a veteran out there trying, you know, any chance to keep his NFL career afloat. Not happening here in Chicago. But uh, let's talk about, you know, Taquan uh, Mizell. Nine carries, 23 yards. He was doing a lot of making people miss, but he wasn't really gaining much yards after the fact. Um, so now that the preseason's over, Nick, how would you assess Mazel and like where he stands in your overall take? Was he a disappointment compared to what you thought he could be this year? I don't know. I didn't have high expectations for Mazel coming in, uh, but I did expect a little bit more than what he did show. He was just inconsistent. He was supposed to be a guy that can catch out the backfield. Didn't really show that. Um, you knew that he could probably make people miss, and he did show that this game. But I think the inconsistencies with Mazel is what really 
is probably not going to get him a you know maybe a spot on this 53 but um he's still very young and he still can has time to develop so it'll be interesting to see what the bears want to do with him moving forward yeah exactly we'll see uh, exactly how all that plays out for me personally disappointed um it seemed like he was a good fit. He was someone who we took off of the Ravens practice squad. So I really thought, mm-hmm. well, after, yeah, I think that's how it's been a year. So finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Temper Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Sorry if I apologize. Ravens. I, I, I know it's the Ravens. I just forgot if it was someone through waivers or a practice squad. If he got cut like one of the last cuts and then we put him on our practice squad. That might have been how it came out. But regardless, he's someone we brought in last year early on. Kept him on our practice squad, and then throughout this all OTAs, you heard some good things, and come training camp and this preseason, to me, is a slight letdown. Again, not super high expectations, but I thought we'd see a little bit more glimpses out of him, especially if he's going up against backups. I thought we would see him kind of shine just a little bit more, but we didn't see it. But again, someone who did shine, uh, Ryan Nall, and we talked about you know the yards that he put up. He had a 25-yarder, and throughout the season... Uh, well, the preseason, he had runs for 69, which we saw, a 32, a 25, and a 17. So big chunk plays coming from a big guy who, again, he's looking really quick for someone his size. He's very elusive in space for a bigger man. He, you know, he has really good cuts. He makes people miss. So for me, he's someone who's building a really strong case in my eyes. Is there anything else about Nall that maybe stuck out to you today that we haven't mentioned? I mean, he's just elusive, even though he is a bigger guy. He can make people miss. And, man, if he would have just planted that foot on the safety when that big run happened, he would have been gone. He's got some good speed to him as well. So, yeah, Nall, he had a very good game. He's had, he's had a solid preseason. The versatility, he was lining up at fullback this game a lot, being that lead block, and he's showing that he can do more than just run the ball. And that's exactly what you know a team like the Bears is going to want from a guy who's trying to make this team. Show your versatility. Yeah, like that hybrid fullback role that we were talking about over a month ago. And when he was out there blocking, he did not seem, you know, again, he was going up against uh, second, third string guys, but he wasn't being overwhelmed. He was standing guys up, you know, creating creases, pushing guys out of the way in order for, you know, Davis to just, you know, turn up the yard. So for me, uh, good things out of him. Was it enough? We'll find out on Saturday. I have my own prediction coming up later on. But uh, let's go over to wide receiver today. Uh, the big one was Tanner Gentry, the four catches, 46 yards. Was this the last time we see him in a Bears uniform, Nick? I think it might. And we're just we're just giving out little little by little what we think is going to be in this roster. But I think so. Uh, Tanner Gentry, uh, a guy that, you know, he does do some good things in the preseason. And he has done that for the last two years now. But, yeah, I mean, there's just so much talent now on the Bears, you know, at the receiver position. And the turnover that happened from last year to this year is incredible. But I think this might be the last year we see Tanner Gentry. Yeah, no, we're just you know, <laughs> little by little. If Brandon is here, be yelling <laughs> spoiler alert like oh, four seriously. times by now. Um, so any other notes on wide receivers? I have a big old goose egg. Uh, honestly, I mean, no one really blew me out of the water. Either be Benny Fowler, uh, Garrett Johnson, Demarcus Ayers nobody like not one person and stuck out to me uh one way or the other it was kind of like again i mean they're not making this team and i was just kind of i was thinking about green bay a little bit like i can't wait for. oh that yeah game. i i have a lot of notes on the green bay game already not, not this one <laughs> <laughs> nice i like it we're, we're one day ahead 
One day ahead. Exactly. All right. How about tight ends? I think that we need to start with the big news, and that's Daniel Brown. I mean, he had two really good plays today. He had a 27-yarder. There's another one. I don't have the yards in front of me, but he just went up to go get that ball uh, in between two defenders, and it was a really nice play by him to get up over the defenders, get the ball at the highest point, and the soft hands to bring that down. And he also had a good block. You mentioned this on Twitter on uh, Ryan Nall's uh, uh, 32-yard touchdown run about the two-minute warning. In the first half, he had a great block to seal the edge. So Daniel Brown was showing up in a multitude of ways, but then he goes down with a shoulder injury. We don't know the severity of it yet, of course, um, but with Adam Shaheen already down and the pecking order for tight ends getting bunched up, I thought Brown's someone who's going to make this roster. There we go again with another one of those uh, you know, slips. But to me, it's a little uh, disconcerting to see an injury like that happen. Um, anything you want to mention about Daniel Brown? That is disappointing. Uh, again, this is a guy that probably was going to see playing time with Adam Shaheen dealing with his injury, and then he gets injured. We don't know the severity of it. And you know, Nagy's system is going to utilize a lot of these tight ends, whether it's Brown or, well, we don't know about him anymore, but it's obviously going to be Trey Burton, Deion Sims, and now maybe a Ben Broniker automatically makes this roster because of this injury. So, uh, yeah, that's that was one that I definitely didn't want to see. And we saw another injury, and we'll probably get to that later. But, yeah, Daniel Brown. Uh, a guy that can definitely do some good things in this offense, given the opportunity, but we'll see what happens with this injury. What was your take on Broniker's day? Wasn't very involved. I mean, he had the three targets. He caught two of them for 18 yards. Uh, he was able to do a little bit of work after the catch on a, you know, a nice little dump-off pass. Um, so for me, it's everything I would expect from a Ben Broniker. Um, nothing more to report than we already have throughout either training camp uh, or some of these preseason games already, but... Uh, do you think he did anything that you want to worth that you think's worth mentioning? Um, I mean, he caught uh, the ones that he could have caught, and then there was that one. If Tyler Bray brings the ball down a little bit, more, you know, just a little bit, Ben Broniker is a guy that I think can make that catch in that end zone. Um, not really though. Uh, Colin Thompson's another guy. I don't think he did much today to really, you know, I guess give him a reason why he should be on the fifty-three. Again, I'm giving out giving out spoilers here, or am I? No, but uh, yeah, these. <laughs> oh. uh, these tight ends, um, they're going to be utilized a lot. It's just these injuries are piling up now. I think if you have Colin Thompson making this roster, uh, we're in trouble. Yeah, that. I mean, the, the injuries keep happening. That's the Bears true. are going to be forced to. So You're, you're not wrong there. <laughs> All right, let's go over to offensive line here. And what I'm seeing coming across uh, Twitter here is that uh, Coach Nagy said after the game that they are leaning towards starting Eric Cush at left guard week one, which I think when you see James Daniels play the entirety of this game, you kind of saw that one coming just a little bit. I know they want to get more tape on him, get him some more experience. Um, but were you surprised that Daniels Daniels played the entirety of today's game? Because I really thought he'd play a half, maybe three quarters, and then you would see like a Jordan Morgan go in. But we didn't see Jordan Morgan at all. Um, but we saw a bunch of James Daniels today. So, number one, were you surprised to see him out there for all four quarters? And what did you take from his performance? Oh, absolutely. I thought it was maybe even going to be, you know, if the Bears scored on the first series, you take out Daniels because I thought they just wanted to see how he would look out there. He's supposed to dominate these guys because they were thinking of maybe putting him in the starting unit. Uh, Obviously, you're going to want to dominate the lower competition. But when you see him out, you know, out there for the entirety of the game, that lets you know, okay, they're just wanting to see what James Daniels is able to do. I think they have their starter in Eric Cush. He's going to be the week one starter. And then at some point, I don't know if the Bears are just going to wait until Cush maybe takes a relapse backwards in productivity or if Daniels just, I don't know, plays him in practice. I don't know what the deal is there. But, yeah, Eric Cush is going to be the week one starter, and James Daniels is going to have to eventually 
get on there, which is, I don't know. James Jams just provides so much more, I think, at the position just athletically, and he's already shown that he can compete with the ones. But, hey, it's coach's decision. He knows a lot more than we do. Yeah, exactly. I know that your uh, inner Hawkeye is you know, oh, coming God. out a little bit. I mean, of course. I want to see my guy. Mike Daniels from Green Bay and against James Daniels, I mean, that would have been a great matchup. But, again, it looks like we're going to have to wait until the next time the Bears Packers play. Too many Daniels, Daniel. Daniel Brown, Daniel this. It's throwing me for a loop. (laughs) All right, so let's go to offensive line still. We're here. Um, Any other notes that you have on it that you think uh, that you want to let our listeners know? Uh, Rashad Coward, I thought he had a pretty decent game. And again, that feistiness came out today. I think it was, uh, who was I think um, either Nall or somebody at the end zone. Someone got in and Rashad Coward just pushing after the play. He likes seeing that. And it's a guy that has shown that he can play tackle despite being, you know, once a defense alignment. But I thought he had a pretty decent game. Good timing. Uh, I was coming out with some quotes. Uh, Kevin Fishbane over on Twitter, uh, Nagy on Coward, and I quote, he showed me a lot. He's very coachable. And he also mentioned how impressed he was on the Coward last week, uh, holding his own against a Justin Houston and a D Ford. So, you know, he's talking up Coward. That's a good sign for him and maybe his, uh, projected future here in the city of Chicago over at tackle. But other than those guys, I don't really have much. I thought Hermes Grasso actually played well tonight. I know he's, mm-hmm. again, he's been here for so long, and he's playing against like third, second string guys. He should be looking good, but he looked good in space. He's able to get out in a few screens, uh, reach the second level on some blocks as well. I'm not going to give any more spoilers of what I think is going to happen here, but I thought he surprised me a little bit today with his play for someone who's missed some time. With an injury, he looked pretty quick out there today, so that surprised me. All right, Nick, any final offensive thoughts before we head over to defense? The the first half looked good. Let's not repeat the second half at any point in the regular season. Accurate. I think that can be said for (laughs) both sides of the ball as well. True. All right, so up next, we're going to enter the third quarter of our show and break down the Bears' defense. But first, real quick reminder, you still have 10 days, and even then you can still pick it up afterwards. But our Chicago Bears 2018 season preview magazine even though it's a season preview magazine, uh, it's a resource that you can have all season long because it has profiles on all the players. It's going to have profiles on all the players that do get cut as well if you want that information. Um, but all 90 guys currently have a profile. All the coaches have profiles. We have schedule analysis every single game. We give you uh, the strengths and the weaknesses of the opponent, how we th- think uh, the game's going to go, our confidence meter for each week, key losses and additions for each team, tons of information. And of course, you can get our official record predictions from the entire staff, not just the podcast, but our writing staff, and just a whole bunch more. It's over 130 pages, only $4.99. A bunch of Bears fans have already bought it. All the feedback we have gotten from you has been fantastic. I appreciate you letting us know just how much you love the product and you love the effort and determination that we put into it. Like I said, it took us hundreds of hours to do this, and I appreciate everyone who's taking their time to support our show, support our website by picking one up for only $4.99. And if you're interested, even just check it out. Uh, just go to thebearsbros.com slash mag to uh, get a little bit more information about that magazine and potentially pick one up and support our show. We really do appreciate it. All right, Nick, let's enter that third quarter of the show, and let's go ahead and talk about this Bears defense. And maybe we'll just talk about the first half because the second half was definitely <laughs> one to forget. But in general, overall thoughts about what you saw from the Bears defense today. So I'll stick with that first half there. They looked like they played fast. They were, you know, going running towards the ball and everybody was just in sync. You saw the interceptions you saw from the first level of the defense, just getting pressure, uh, second level, you know, getting a hand up and then, you know, an interception. That's what you want to see from a deep 
defense. And that shows the cohesiveness of it. And we saw that today in the first half. And that's why it was a 20 to zero game at halftime. But again, that's, that's what you expect from a Vic Fangio unit, despite, you know, backups being in there, Vic Fangio is going to have his guys coached up, ready to play. Yeah. I mean, you hit it on the head. I mean, the defense came out fast. They came out with a ton of energy. They really set the tone um, when they're out there on the field. And it's evident by how the drives ended and went punt, pick six, punt, punt, interception. I mean, the Bears were doing some really good things there on defense. It started with the pass rush, which is a good sign to see, especially given the fact that that's our biggest kind of concern heading into the season for that side of the ball. Granted, it's the backups, but there's still some guys that we want to see create some pressure. And credit to Vic Fangio for being creative with how he was uh, getting that pressure tonight as well. I know you don't want to show a bunch, especially against an opponent that you're going to see here in November, but he still did a good way of finding ways to get some of these guys into the pocket, create some pressure on McCarron. And I thought that was an underrated aspect because all the highlight goes on the player. Like, oh, look, he got to the backfield, was able to get it. But if you're watching the replay, which I didn't get many replays over watching on uh, <clears throat> a stream. Uh, so <laughs> I was able to, uh, you know, get a bits and pieces. But you can see like one with like Isaiah, Isaiah not Isaiah, it was uh, Kylie Fitz, like you said. We are talking about this one on Twitter. When he was lined up, he was guarding like the slot receiver, looking like he's going to be in coverage. And it was like a slight delayed blitz and uh, kind of fooled the right tackle a little bit, which allowed him to get in there pretty quick. So for me, uh, my big one is just the creativity, finding ways to get the job done despite the lack of talent on the field. So for me, that's the big one. But let's go ahead into uh, position specifics here and defensive line. Nick, a couple thoughts. Yeah, I really liked what I saw from, let's see, Abdullah Anderson, a guy that most Bears fans probably haven't heard of a lot this preseason or just in training camp or anything, but he played, you know, from start to finish, even though those guys were gassed by the end of the, by the fourth quarter getting there, that guy Anderson was just getting after the quarterback, trying to, you know, make a play for himself. And that's what you got to do in this fourth preseason game, make a name for yourself, give a re give the team a reason why uh, they can bring you back in some, some form or some fashion. But Abdul Anderson was a guy that I thought, you know, helped himself out tonight. Yeah, no, he's someone which, you know, I have here, you know, he had, he was able to generate a ton of pressures. He had the deflection on Timu pick. He's not going to make the team, um, but he had a really good showing that if someone needs a defensive lineman throughout the season, it could even be us. I hope it's not us, but it could be us. Um, he put some good tape out there for him. So for me, it's just a good thing for him as a person, as a player who is, you know, this is a game that you're kind of putting yourself out there, not for just the Bears, but the rest of the league. And I thought he did a good job by doing that today, making the most of this opportunity. Um, so other than that, looking at defensive line, uh, you had uh, Savon Walker. Apparently that sees like an S, like Savon Walker. I don't know. I thought Jim Miller was just pronouncing it wrong. I thought it was just Savon <laughs> Walker. I have no idea. But yeah, he he had he's had some pretty good plays as well. Just the pursuit that he had. I know he had a nice swim move to the inside to get A.J. McCarron. So yeah, Kavon, Savon, however you want to pronounce it. Had a good game tonight. We can just call him Walker. A Walker. We'll, we can be okay with that. I, I can pronounce <laughs> that one correctly without having to worry. And then the other one, uh, Bilal Nichols. I mean, he didn't do too much early on. I think they're getting some other guys some looks. Um, but uh, he had the one sack near the end of the game, which was just a ton of effort. He had to get through multiple blockers on his way to get to the quarterback. So good effort play there by the rookie, someone who has really impressed over the last few weeks. Uh, moving into uh, linebacker, Nick, you can start inside or outside, but uh, just anything you want to mention to these guys. You know, we'll start inside and then we'll get to the bad news later. Uh, John Timu, a guy that we know can play, um, just probably doesn't have the athletic ability to, you know, be what 
possibly he could be, but you know, he made some good plays tonight. He he read the right reads, um, was able to drop back in coverage. He had that interception. You know, he played fast tonight. And that's what you want to see from a John Timu. Joel EA Buniwe, on the other hand, I thought, you know, still is finding his way on this, you know, what his role is in in the defense. And I know obviously being the inside linebacker, that's a tough position to play in Vic Fangio's defense, but you saw him at times just not maybe in the right spot where he needs to make a play or um, just getting kind of bullied on by one of those uh, offensive linemen. So he still has some work to do. Um, not too concerned about it because he did start training camp a little late with, uh, I think it was a shoulder injury that he was dealing with, but he still has some work to do for sure. Yeah. He's a little bit behind, which, you know, it's a little bit up. It's like, it's not alarming. It's a little disappointing because he's someone that we hope he'd be a little further along again. He shouldn't have to see the field as an inside linebacker this season in any, I mean, he can come in like for some sub packages, um, but he shouldn't have to be out there for any extended time. So if he's going to be able to be a decent contributor on special teams, we should be in pretty good shape with Iggy as he catches up here on the Bears defense. Uh, the one note I have on Iggy um, that as a positive that I like to share is I know I don't know exactly who caught the ball, um, but the Bills had a big play along their left sideline, and the guy's just trucking down the field. And next thing you know, I see Iggy number forty-five enter my screen, and he's closing in on him fast. And I was like, "Whoa, where did that come from?" I knew it was quick, but I didn't know he was like that quick. Now Iggy didn't get the tackle on that play because he got wrapped up before he was able to get completely there. But just the closing speed is something that I think um, is worth noting because obviously that's something that the Bears saw in film um, from his days in college, and they see it translating to the NFL and plays like that uh, for the close from behind uh, that quickly. Is uh, it was enticing, and he has so much raw athletic ability. If they can really just coach him up, I do like what I see out of Iggy. Just like you said, Nick, he needs to learn the defense, learn his role, and once he does that, and he gets comfortable, and he can play fast because he's real fast, he could develop into something real. Uh, real I'll fast. add something to that too, because on that crossing route where Iggy does give up that you know that touchdown, the eventual game winner, um, you see that if Iggy just knows his assignment better. He just reacts. He relies on the athletic ability to make the play. He no doubt he's going to be faster than that tight end. I I believe just from you know seeing what he's able to do in this game, just with that speed that he does have. But once he actually learns the plays, he can rely on that. Then he probably makes that play. Maybe deflects that pass. Who knows? Intercepts the pass. So yeah, it's just time. Time is all that. And once time happens and he learns his defense under Vic Fangio, players do get better. I'm no doubt Iggy will. Yeah. Let's bounce outside now, and let's start with Edibali, and I'll let you do the bad news. Uh, I just want to note a couple positives. He was putting a decent pressure on the quarterback all night long. He had one on Walker sack. He was uh, in the face of McCarron when he threw that ball that was tipped that was ended up being the interception uh, to John Timu. Uh, so he was putting together a good game in which I thought was a very pivotal game that would really, if he had a strong outing, he'd make a really loud case for him to make this roster because the outside linebacker position has been in flux, uh, especially with the injuries to well, the injury to Aaron Lynch, uh, Leonard Floyd. I know he's going to play. I know Leonard's going to be okay, um, but you still need to have guys behind him who can step in because Leonard's not going to be a hundred percent with that club on his hand. And of course we're trying to find the way to get the best rotation out there. Um, but Nick, I'll let you rip it off like a bandaid, the bad news. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I love football, but it's like these kind of injuries that just really hit home because Kasim Metabali, this is a pivotal game, like you said, for him to probably make this roster. And he was having a good game up to that injury that I think if, you know, just one more quarter, he, he probably ends up on the 53 man roster. We don't know the severity of the injury, but it didn't look good. And like 
whatever happened, it happened really, really late after the play was already over with. You see Adebali on the ground. He gets carted off. Uh, not something you want to see. And he's, he's expected to have a, a kid next next week. And, you know, it's just all these things. You know, you can secure your job on a team. You can provide for your family and stuff like that. But, like, this kind of injury can change your whole entire life. So, it, that's that. when that happened, I just was deflated. I, the Bears are, you know, starting to the losing going. But that really just kind of deflated in my night right there. Because this is a guy... He's done everything right. He's been competing all preseason, but then that happens. Hopefully it's not too severe, but yeah, it's like those kind of injuries that really hit home. And like, that's why this preseason game, yes, we want it to be over because we want the regular season, but for those guys, it's, it's their Super Bowl, And you know, you just don't want it to end like that. Yeah. And he's the guy, he's been a veteran who's been around a little bit, who we thought may have been able to been, you know, that last outside linebacker. And maybe you sneak like, you know, like highly fits on the roster. Uh, the good news is, uh, and the postgame presser, uh, Nagy said that he believes his leg got whipped and he called it a contusion. So that's not necessarily horrible news. Um, but sometimes those deep bruises, those contusions could linger, especially on the legs. But who knows? Who knows? I mean, you never know. You never know. <laughs> but I mean, it could have been way worse because how he went down, how he just was he had to get carted off and wasn't put any weight on the leg. It was a little scary, especially because how it happened after the play. It was really odd because you tweeted it, and then I'm a little bit behind due to some circumstances I already mentioned. And I was like, the play's over, and he's standing there. I'm like, what? And then it happened. I was like, well, that's odd. Like, it just happened on over. It was a big pileup, and then he's on the outside of it. And then something happened around his leg area. I wasn't able to catch it, though, on my computer screen. But uh, let's, sticking outside here, let's talk about Kylie Fitz, Isaiah Irving, two guys now that I think have a lot of importance coming into this regular season here. Uh, which one to you stuck out uh, for good or for bad or maybe a mix of the two? Um, you know, I'm going to go with uh, Kylie Fitz on that one. I think uh, overall, it was more so in the second half where you see Kylie Fitz really get after the quarterback, uh, you know, cause those holding calls, was able to get in the backfield, just make his presence felt. Isaiah Irving, for me, um, he had some decent plays, but then you just he was lost out there. Not lost in terms of not knowing what to do, but you just didn't see him much. Uh, he didn't make those impactful plays, but he's a guy that um, I'm sure is fine where he's at in position on this team, but you want to see more from him considering he's probably the next backup if you know Sam Macho, Leonard Floyd can't go. He's probably the next guy in line there. Yeah, for me, out of Irving, again, he's – Tied for the first in the team with total tackles at four. Like you said, he was he was able to you know make a few plays here and there. But for me, a few things stood out for a negative. One on the first drive, he was stood up, knocked off balance by like a backup tight end, and that's something as an outside linebacker you really need to uh, try to avoid. If I mean you're going up against tackles for most of the time, but if you're getting chipped by a tight end and they're able to knock you off, you know your rush that much and throw your whole the whole play was pretty much over for him. Uh, that's not good. And he's someone who in the past has had issues with his strength. That's something he's worked on. Um, but that play right there showed that he's still a little weaker than maybe we would like. Um, and then he had an offsides penalty. He had two roughing the passer penalties. Uh, the one was on the fourth and 22 uh, that would have closed the game. And then, of course, uh, it didn't. And then they, we ended up losing, which again, it's preseason. The final score to me doesn't really matter too much. Um, but he just needs to be more cognizant, you know, keep his arms, hands away from the quarterbacks, especially after the ball's released because they're going to call it every single time. But for me, uh, getting knocked off balance and then uh, the trio of penalties to me is something that I just want to note as like, you know, it's a knock. I'm going to I'm going to call it a Nick's knock here uh, for 
Isaiah Irving and Kylie Fitz. Yeah, a couple times he looked fast today coming off the edge. I really like what I saw out of him. Uh, and again, his sack we talked about a little bit ago. I uh, was about two and a half minutes left. Uh, just really good design by Vic Fangio, and he was able to, uh, you know, execute it to perfection. And of course, the right tackle not paying attention kind of helped, um, but he was still able to get in there unblocked and take down the quarterback. So. A little bit of mixed results by the two outside linebackers, but we'll talk about who's making the roster here in that position in a little bit. All right, Nick, let's head over to the secondary uh, now, and I will let you kick things off, and I'm sure you're going to kick it off with the bang, a big positive. Oh, yeah, Doran Graham was a big positive. Obviously, a guy who doesn't have a set um, roster spot on this team, but you know, made a good case for himself with this game, having that interception, having that pass, pass deflection. He did have a pass interference call, and I think that, that you so know, ticky tacky. It was so ticky tacky. Just, I think it was extended one of his arms out in the way of the receiver, and they call it. But that's gonna get called now. You can't really touch the receivers anymore in this game. But I thought he had overall a really good game. A guy that didn't help himself though. And, you know, all these bottom guys that are playing corner need to be making good plays. Michael Joseph, a guy that got beat consistently out there. So um, not looking too good for him. But, yeah, at least one of the guys, you know, had a good game. Yeah, Doran Grant really stood out. Like you said, he had the pick six, which, of course, is going to be the highlight. Um, but he had a couple pass uh, breakups on top of that. Uh, and they also looked really good in the open field, made a, at least one open field tackle that really stood out to me. Uh, so just good things from a guy who – you know, he's been around for a few years now in the league. He's, uh, his, and like you said, with like an Iggy, you know, sometimes things take time, and I do think he's starting to click. And I know he's technically practice squad eligible, but I just wonder if he can sneak him on after, you know, this game. And, of course, he's put together a solid preseason throughout as well. And then he talked about Joseph. I mean, he gave up two touchdowns today. Uh, one of them was exactly like the one that we saw a couple weeks ago when he didn't turn around, couldn't locate the football, didn't even get his hands up, just let the receiver catch it. And didn't put much of an effort besides just you know running at his hip, which it's gonna be it's gonna get caught almost every single time. Um, looking at the rest, I mean, Min- Mincy had that corner blitz and was able to get a sack. That was pretty good. And then it gets kind of murky in my notes. Then you have the John Franklins of the world. I, he had a nice play uh, with uh, staying with a receiver going deep, but that's probably the last time we see the last chance you star. And again, I'm just giving it all away. We're almost down to our 53-man roster. I just need to stop talking, I guess. Good plan. I was making sure you're actually going <laughs> to adhere to that promise. But, uh, Nick, any final thoughts on defense today that you want to mention? Not really. Um, again, they played fast in that first half, and that's what you want to see from you know a Vic Fangio unit. Okay. Works for me. I mean, I don't have anything else to say. It's a game that uh, – you know, it's like, whose line is it anyway? Uh, it took too long and the points don't matter. I'm glad it's over. Uh, so let's go ahead and enter the fourth and final quarter, but don't go anywhere because even though it's the fourth quarter afterwards, we're going to do overtime and we're going to give you our 53-man roster predictions. But let's go ahead and hit on a quick hit on uh, special teams today. And I think the only thing even worth mentioning, uh, as at least at this point, we can talk about it when we get to the roster predictions, uh, is Parkey. He missed a third field goal now this preseason. This one was the first miss inside of 50. I know Brandon would definitely bring that up if uh, I didn't, so I wanted to make sure I did, even though he's not here. Um, but as time was expiring in the first half, which is interesting because when they missed it, I didn't tweet it out. I didn't even care to think about it, but the thought hit my mind was like, that's a sour way to head to the locker room, and I bet you the second half is going to suffer because of it, and it did. And it took to the fourth quarter, but it did. It, it was a, a momentum shifter. If you would have hit that, we would have been up 23-0. would have been a different tone heading into the locker room and, of course, entering that second half. But, Nick, on a scale of 1 to 10, 
How worried are you about Parky heading into the regular season? Man, um, a one to ten. I think I'm gonna go with maybe a six and a half, seven. It's I'm not steady with him. To be completely honest, um, you know when he was making those field goals earlier in the game, I was like, okay. That's good. That's what you want to see from Cody Parkey. If they're not getting in the end zone, I want to see a longer field goal attempt. But then that one, like you said, I didn't tweet anything out either, but it just left a sour taste in my mouth. I just, I didn't like seeing that because I've seen it. We've seen it already in the preseason. So, man, um, you want to be confident in this field goal kicker that the Bears, you know, paid a good amount of money for, but he's already missed, what, three field, goal, mm-hmm. field goals now in the preseason. So, uh, don't like where that's at. And he wasn't really consistent in practices either when we're there during training camp. So it's not like a a random issue that we've seen in games. It's something that we've seen throughout his entirety of, you know, training camp and preseason. And he had five preseason games to kind of get a flow. And today it was just Patrick O'Donnell holding. So it's the trio that they want to kind of work with. Didn't really see much. It was a little dis, you know, a little upsetting um, to see that. Uh, I would say I'm more like five and a half. I wait till the games matter to get a little bit too upset. But like I talked about last week, for kickers especially, it's a lot of confidence. And you have to wonder where his confidence is after missing a third field goal, one that was relatively a chip shot, and he just kind of pushed it and hit off the upright. So for me, you have to wonder where the confidence is. Hopefully he's not, you know, too down on it, but if he also needs to learn as, you know, take it as a learning experience and take it as a, you know, a motivator to get better once the games do count. Because on Sunday Night Football with – millions of people watching across the world and that first primetime game for the season, well, besides the Thursday night opener, uh, you better believe the nerves, the butterflies are going to be going just a little bit more than they are for tonight's preseason game against the Buffalo Bills. All right, Nick, two-minute warning time. And for those who are wondering what the two-minute warning is, this is where we have our thoughts on this game and put them into perspective moving forward. So, Nick, what's your two-minute warning? So the score 28-27, that doesn't mean a thing. Obviously, the Bears do not want to – they didn't want to end their preseason like this. Um, but, you know, a lot of guys, they they fought and they played well to maybe earn a roster spot, and that's what this game was about, just evaluating that lower-end talent um, to fill the, maybe the last couple, maybe like three, four spots on your roster that you were had to see the, to this game to see if they can make it. But, yeah, this doesn't mean anything – Again, the Bears will play the Bills at some point in the regular season, so they're not going to show anything, but 28-27 doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean squat, honestly. I mean, we it, the thing is, especially if the Bills are high in this win, then it turns it into like a slight revenge game come the regular season for us. I mean, a little extra. Maybe, who knows, who cares? It's preseason. I'm glad preseason's over. I think that's like an my two-minute warning, right? Like, hey, preseason's over. Everybody, we survived it. We survived a very, very long offseason season from the firing of John Fox to hiring of Matt Nagy, going through every single one of his staff additions, going through free agency, going through the draft, talking about OTAs, previewing all 90 guys on this roster, doing training camp reports, going to Canton. I mean, we have had a very, very busy and long offseason, and I'm glad it's over. I mean, I love the offseason. I love you know all the speculation, all the analysis of and the projections and just wondering how all the pieces are going to fit. But I'm glad to get real football back in 10 days. It feels so good to get back at our swing. Like I'm already setting up our podcast schedule for next week, all five parts of our preview. We have a live preview show in St. Charles, Illinois at the Pheasant Run Hills Resort. Uh, I'm glad I was able to remember that off the top of my head. At 1 o'clock on Saturday, September 8th, we would love to see you there. I'll give a more official announcement at the end of the show. But I'm excited to get back in the flow of the regular season. You know, five podcasts a week, the post-game shows. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I think 
you know, this is our fourth year, by far going to be the most exciting year to break down Bears football with you are. And that's apparently what I'm going to use for my two-minute warnings. As you can tell, this game is officially behind me, which I think it should be behind you by now for everybody listening. All right. We are now officially in overtime, which is unchartered territory for us, but I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. And I had to throw out that phrase. I haven't used that one in a long time, Nick. But uh, let's go ahead. 53-man uh, roster. Nick, list all 53 right now. Do you want that's no, how you want I'm, to do no, this? I'm Thank kidding. goodness, because I was kidding. not gonna do it. I was gonna <laughs> no. That's not how we're gonna start this overtime period. Um I no, think let's go, let's go positions, let's go quarterback. <laughs> okay. Uh I have two making it. I have Mitch Trubisky and Chase Daniel. I don't think I have to give a elaborate explanation as to why, but I have two making it. What about you? Yeah, I have two as well. You know, people pointed out, you know, usually in the, with the Chiefs. Uh, they have keep they would keep three quarterbacks, which is valid. It's something that I know Nagy would really like to have Tyler Bray in that quarterback room all season long if he could. But I think you would rather have an extra skill position, especially because a guy like a Javon Wims makes a really strong case to make the active ro- active roster to where maybe a month ago you're thinking you can hide him on the practice squad for a season. Uh, so those things kind of you know change plans. You need to be fluid, able to adapt. Um, and what we learned last week, Nick, what did we learn last week? Whose team is this? What? So whose team is this? What did Nagy say? It's his team. He doesn't doesn't care what Belichick does. He doesn't care what Andy Reid does. This is his team. So even though the Chiefs kept three quarterbacks, it doesn't mean Matt Nagy is going to keep three quarterbacks on his roster. So for me, uh, I have two as well. Yeah, the thing is with Tyler Bray, you, let's say you let him go, you can always pick him up later. It's not like some team is going to go out, oh, we need to get Tyler Bray on our active roster or whatever. That's not going to happen. I don't think it is. So maybe uh, you don't want to see anybody get injured, but you can definitely bring a Tyler Bray up whenever, you if you need him. Yeah, good point there. Let's go to running back. How many you got and who is it? Oh, man, see, this is where it kind of changed after watching this game. So I have four. Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, Benny Cunningham. Oh, man, is this going to be set in stone? And I think the Bears, now they're going to still keep Michael Byrne. Ryan Nall is going to somehow make it on the practice squad. That's where I have. That's where I was in confusion, where, where Ryan Nall is fitting, because he just made such a strong case for himself, being a versatility with the fullback position. So I still have four, still have Byrne making it. I'm going to flip it. I'm going to say Ryan Nall did go. enough today to prove it, because – I know Michael Burton didn't play today. I know we saw him early on in training camp, you know, being pretty involved with the starting offense. But it's interesting because the case that Ryan All has made throughout the entirety of this preseason is I can be a hybrid back. I can be your fullback. I can lead block. But I also give you more in terms of what you can get out of me in the production of yards. You're not ever going to see a Michael Burton run for a 35-yard touchdown. It's just not going to happen. Or 69-yard scamper down the sidelines. But you're going to get that from Ryan Nall. And I don't think the drop-off is huge in what uh, the responsibilities to be in terms of like a pure fullback, in terms of blocking and all of that. I think we saw that a little bit tonight. So I think you take a chance. I think you take a chance on Ryan Nall because I'm sure he could be on your practice squad, but he's also someone with, uh, you know how running backs go in this league, and they, and they just don't last too long. And I can see a team out there looking at his preseason tape saying, you know what, let's give this kid a try. Let's put him on our active roster for three weeks, and we'll see what we can do because that's all they have to do. If they poach him, just active roster for three weeks, and if they don't like what they see, they can either sign him to his practice squad or, or their practice squad or release him. So for me, I, I'm going to take a chance here. I'm going to put him on the active roster, and uh, hopefully a lot of people listening like that as well. Let's go over to wide receiver, and I'll begin with four. Nick, I have six. 
I have Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller, Kevin White, Javon Wims, and Josh Bellamy. I think Josh Bellamy not playing tonight proves that he's making this team because there are plenty of receivers who they've been getting looks for. Bellamy hasn't had to play for a while. He's a good special teamer. Um, and if he's going to be your sixth wide receiver here who is primarily in special teams, that's okay. I think we can live with that. I think even though he's still on this team and he's someone throughout the offseason, like, if we can't find a way to replace Josh Bellamy and we're in trouble, I think I take that back because if you look at the talent above him on the depth chart, I think you know we're in a much better place with him regardless, and if they really do value his presence in the locker room and uh, what he brings to the special teams game, uh, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I have six as well. So same exact players. Um, Yeah, Javon Williams was – he made a case for himself later in the preseason, and you just knew he had talent, just needed to go out there and showcase, and he's been doing that all preseason. All right, what about tight end then? Tight end I have four, but it's going to be interesting with the severity of the injuries. Um. Obviously, Trey Burton, Am Shaheen. Oh, well, we just don't know when he's going to see the field. Deion Sims, Daniel Brown. Man, do I want to make a leap? Second change. No, we're going to stick with four. Daniel Brown, I don't know the severity of this injury. This could be the game changer where they end up bringing maybe Ben Broniker and have to bring another guy up. But I have four right now. Just to, I don't want to mix up any of the numbers. I'm going to add like 57 people and accidentally do something wrong here. But I have four tight ends making it. Real quick, I just want to let you know that Adabali says that he's okay after being carted off, that he feels good, and it looked a lot scarier than it actually was. So another good update from what seemed like it was going to be a very uh, you know, negative news heading into the postgame show. I'm glad as we're talking it through and the updates are coming, that is much more positive. For me, Nick, tight end, I'm going all out. Five. Do Five. It. I'm going. I mean, Burton, Sims, yeah. Shaheen, they're making this team unless one of them gets traded. And it's not like one of them, like Burton or or Shaheen, but like Deion Sims, which I doubt anyone's going to want to do anything to really trade for him. You could even maybe make a case that Brown or Bronicker could be traded as well if someone does need some tight end depth because there have been a few injuries to teams at tight end at the tight end position around the league. Um, and I think the Bears are loaded at this position, and I think it would be wise to remain loaded at this position. So for me, I'm keeping five. I know Shaheen, we're very unsure when he's going to reach the field. Uh, Brown, it doesn't seem like it's overly – I think they're still evaluating it, but it didn't look overly terrible. It was a shoulder, and maybe he can miss a couple weeks. But regardless, you'll still need three tight ends week one, which would be Burton, Sims, Bronicker. But I really like what Brown brings to the table in terms of a receiver. He proved that he can also be an effective blocker. And I just wouldn't want to ruin the depth here. Um, so I'm going to keep it strong. I'm going to keep five on my roster. All right. Offensive line, how many? Who you got? I got Charles Leno, James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, Kyle Long, Bobby Massey, Eric Cush, Bradley Soul, and Rashad Coward. Eight. Got eight. Got eight offensive linemen. What about you? I have eight, and I think I have the same exact ones. I was more focusing on putting up the correct number of digits and listening to the names, but uh, Leno, Cush... <laughs> White hair, long, Massey, Daniel, Sal, Coward. Yep, that's the same eight I have. Uh, I did have, um, well, at one point I had uh, Watford on there, but that obviously changed when okay. he got cut. But um, I did have Preak in there at some point, but then I just thought about it. I think Rashad Coward, he was the guy that I was like fluctuating in and out, but he's been consistent and tackled, and I think the Bears are going to want that. Just in case, obviously you have Leno and Massey there, but just in case someone goes down, obviously you don't want Coward to be starting at any point of the season, but he's a guy that's shown some promising uh, upside, you know, despite the, you know, uh, position change. 
you say you don't want him starting, and I understand that, but I do think if he gets thrust into it for some reason or another, I think he'll surprise some people. He's super strong. I mean, he did a good week, uh, had a good week last week against some really uh, Kansas City starters. So for me, uh, yeah, it might not be you know you know game plan A, um, but if yeah. you have to throw him out there, I think he'll surprise people, which could just really turn his career around if he does get that opportunity. Of course, those are steps, steps, steps down the road, but something just to consider. But yeah, I don't see another lineman being worth the ninth unless they keep Gersu. I just don't see his value there. If uh, you have Kush who can play center, uh, you of course have you know Daniels who can play center. Uh, so for me, Grasu is uh, the odd man out here. And I think I was actually debating keeping nine with Earl Watford, um, but Yep. That kind of changed. That's why I added the extra tight end, which maybe that's the reason why they let him walk to get another job somewhere because, you know, he has played really well this preseason and in training camp. So let him go get a spot where he can be uh, utilized just a little bit more, maybe get a little bit more money while he's at it. So for me, eight linemen, uh, and those are the eight. All right, time to flip it over to the defense. And this is, for me, where it gets a little hairy. Uh, I thought the offense was a little straightforward uh, mm-hmm. besides maybe – the fullback situation, but uh, going over to defense, defensive line, uh, who do you got? I have Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Jonathan Bullard, Roy Robertson Harris, Bilal Nichols, and John Jenkins. So it was a total of six. I got six defensive linemen. Same. Whew, tough. John Jenkins? It's tough. It's really tough for me. I think. What do I want to do here? I'm looking at my numbers. I have. I have five for my numbers sake. I do think they probably do six, um, but just how I have my 53 set up, I do have five. I think uh, Jenkins, he only played like 1% of snaps last year, so I know he's looked okay in the preseason, um, but I just don't know. Same with Williams. I mean, he's had some good moments, um, but I don't know if he's someone who could – I mean, I think he could be effective in a rotation, um, but when you're looking at the rest, you know, a Hicks, a Goldman, a Bullard, or Roy Robinson-Harrison, and, of course, your draft pick and Nichols, I think those were your priority five. And then when you're looking at six, it just becomes a number game and where you find value on this roster. And I don't know if a six defensive lineman in terms of where they're at in the rotation, if they even see the field 1% of the time, is that worth a roster spot? I don't know. I'm not Vic Fangio. It's a decision for him to make. I'm glad I'm not because it's a tough one because I do think either could be serviceable. I just don't know if the numbers kind of correlate. So for me, I'm keeping five because of some other positions that we need some more help at. All right, Nick, outside linebacker, how many? Okay, so with the news that we just got, I don't think I'm going to change anything here. So I have Leonard Floyd, Sam Macho. I'm probably going to get destroyed on this chat here. Uh, Isaiah Irving, Kasim Edibali, and Aaron Lynch. I do not have Kylie Fitz on the 53. I think this is a guy that does make the practice squad. Um, Up until this game, he really hasn't shown much. Um, you know, in these preseason games. And I don't think teams are going to go actively seeking Kylie Fitz. He needs to be on this 53-man roster. I think they can stash him. I mean, the Bears have been able – they've done this in the past with some six-round draft picks. Um, obviously, Jordan Morgan Jordan is a fifth round, a fifth or sixth round, and he's still on there. I think he still needs to do some things to improve his technique. Um, yes, he was competitive, and he was able to do that against – second, third round guy or second, third stringer guys and probably guys that are not going to be in the league. But right now, I don't have Kylie Fitz making it. I'm not giving him the benefit of the doubt of being a draft pick. I'm going to go with Kasim Adabali because he's he's shown more consistency in the preseason. Okay. So you thought you were going to get reamed. Wait for me. I have four. Oh, oh wow. Okay. 
Let's uh, go. I'll explain why in a minute, but I Floyd Acho Lynch, and I was torn between Irving and Fitz. If I had to choose, oh man, I think it's going to be Irving um, because he's someone that, who's been around a little bit longer, and I do think you can keep Fitz on the practice squad. I wouldn't be surprised either way because I think Fitz is a little bit stronger at the point of attack. He might be a little bit behind in terms of learning this defense. I know they've talked up Irving in the OTAs as well. That's why I don't really see him going anywhere. But I'm going to go – I'll go with Fitz in the practice squad. I'll keep Irving on the active roster. And Edibali was someone who I thought about here as well. But for me, it's more of a numbers game because – and the injury, of course, is something that you have to take into effect. But if when you look at inside linebacker, which I know you apparently have four. Because I mm, – No. Oh, so you have five there as well? Yeah. So you must have – okay, so we'll figure out the numbers game for you later. We'll figure it out, yeah. Okay, so for me, the reason I did this is because I wanted to keep – Five inside guys, so my numbers didn't work out for keeping uh, the four on the, uh, I mean, five on the outside. So my five on the inside, of course, Trevathan Smith, Kwiatkowski, uh, Iggy, and then I have John Timu because I really like what John Timu brings uh, in terms of special teams. And that we saw that tonight. He was always around the ball in the coverage units. And I saw Kylie Fitz out there a few times, and he was not. So that's what, that was my deciding factor between the two. I have them both here on my roster, and I have some notes like watch them on special teams because – the Bears are going to need to have some core special teamers. And if Fitz can't be that guy, but John Timu can be, we've seen it in the past. We've seen it this preseason. I think that's why he'd get the roster nod here. So I'm curious now. Apparently you have five, and I can't wait to get to the rest to find out what you're doing. Yeah, so what are we moving on to? We're going to go to... You can talk about inside if you want to explain your Okay, reason. I have the same exact I have the same exact ones. Um, The... There wasn't really a guy that was questionable for me. I think Timu was a guy that I thought was going to make it. I mean, he's a guy when he gets thrust into the starting role, when he has to, he knows what he's doing. He's just not, like we've talked about it, he's just not as, as athletic as other guys. Uh, Iggy's a guy, um, you know, being him with being a higher draft pick, he's going to be a guy that I think, you know. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. They're going to want to keep, and he's just going to grow into that role eventually. But yeah, all the other guys are self-explanatory. Okay, I think I figured out our number difference. I, I think it's the tight ends, actually. I think that might, might be what it is. Unless you have, tell me if you, you can tell me, out of corners, do you have anything different than six? Out of safeties, do you have anything different than five? I do have four safeties. I have six corners. Okay, so there it is. Okay, so that's where it is. I, it's been racking my brain. Yeah. It's like, where are you, what is Nick going to do? So I'm excited. So six corners, you said. Who are they? I have Kyle Fuller, Prince of Mukamura. Bryce Callahan, Cravon LeBlanc, Sherrick McManus, and Doran Grant. So I do have Cooper not making this team, um, which I don't think is a big surprise, but he didn't play in this game. I don't know if that's just, uh, I don't know if that's what actually do they owe him, though, You know what I'm saying? Like, what exactly. do they owe Marcus Cooper at this point? Exactly. Exactly. He, he did not produce in his opportunities that he was given. So guess what? These younger guys, went out and you know like a guy like Doran Grant had a great game maybe that was a deciding factor this game right here and now maybe he gets a spot on the 53 but those are my six cornerbacks can I ask you a question about this 
Yeah. What's the difference for your reasoning? And again, I know we're just kind of doing this as we go because of the game uh, between the Cooper and Grant and the Burton and all. I think Cooper's just really bad at what he does to completely fair. I mean, honestly, I just don't think the guy can cover. Um, he, there's been so many opportunities for him to where he just can't cover. And the other guys, um, you know, burden and all, I think that, you know, burn, we did see a lot of burn early on in training camp. And we're like, why are we, why are we seeing so many burn, you know, just passes out in the flat. Then I don't know what happened to him. He just kind of trickled off, but Nall's a guy. I think he's, he's good. And I think they're going to want to keep him around. And Hey, you might be right with that. I, I was the, that was the one position I'm thinking, Man, maybe you switch out Burton for Null, but I just have a feeling that they might go with Burton. Makes sense. I just want to know because it's pretty yeah. much the very identical situation. Mm-hmm. So I want to, especially with what we saw tonight. And funny thing is, like the same number too, right? Thirty-five. It's that it's is cr- too funny. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, both sides of the ball, same situation. Uh, it's fun. Uh, I have six corners as well. Uh, I have uh, Fuller, Mukamara, Callahan, LeBlanc, McManus. And I had Cooper slash Grant, and I don't know which way to go. I mean, I could say I want to be different, and I'll do Cooper because he's a veteran, and they want to keep the veteran presence there, even though I think it's a very veteran group when you look at it. Um, So for me, man, I just, I mean, I hope it's not Cooper. I wouldn't be surprised to see if it is. But the fan in me that wants to see the young kind of guys grow and develop on this team really wants the door and Grant to make this roster. Someone who is been around the league for two years, hasn't been able to find a home. I would love for Chicago to be his home. Uh, you know, It's a big 10 guy. He went to Ohio state. Um, so for us, that's always a little bit something extra, but I mean, it's, it's a good story. Someone who can come here and who knows come direct. I mean, I know he's had some bad moments as well and you have to take those into effect, but is his bad as bad as Marcus Cooper bad. And like the ceiling and the potential there, I think he has obviously more potential, a higher ceiling than Cooper. So if the Bears are playing the long-term game here, because even though he's the fifth corner, he doesn't really have to play too often. So if you're going to bank on ceiling, I think you go Grant. If you're going to try to play it safe-ish, you do Cooper. And that's not even really playing it safe. That's just kind of not making, I mean, it depends on Ryan Pace's conviction, I guess, what they want to do here. But uh, I don't know. I hope it's not Cooper, but I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) to see if it is. So for me, officially, I'm going to do Grant, talk myself into it. But uh, don't be surprised if you see uh, Marcus Cooper around. But hopefully uh, that does not happen. Uh, so safety, you have four. So I have Amos Jackson, Bush, Hall, DHC, which I know Hall technically doesn't count week one because of the suspension, which adds one more spot. I didn't take the time <laughs> to figure out who that would be. Maybe they give it one more week to figure out between the Cooper and, uh, of course, the Grant situation. They could. Mm-hmm. I mean, they need an extra DB out there. Um, so that may would make a little bit of sense. But uh, I have all five uh, being uh, Amos and Jackson and then D3, you know, DeAndre, DeAndre, and uh, Dion. So that's my safety group. You have four. Who's not making it? So I have Adrian Amos, A. Jackson, Dion Bush, and then DeAndre Houston Carson. I don't have Hall making it. Um, a guy that I liked early on. Um, he's had some character issues. I wonder if the Bears, you know, just want to get away from that at this point. You know, got in a bar fight, has a one-game suspension. He has shown some nastiness on the field, which I do like, but I just don't know if Ryan Pace keeps him. Um, obviously, DeAndre Houston Carson. Um, I don't know if he's in a sling right now or what what it is with his broken arm, but it obviously he's not able to play. And you got to hope that Adrian Amos, Ajax, and stay healthy, which they showed they have been able to. Uh, last season. So yeah, I'm just going to go with four there. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, 
for me, I think until Houston Carson's healthy, you have to keep the extra guy back there. I know Jarek McManus has experience being that like emergency safety, which Nick Drake, I wouldn't mind that. But uh, uh, for me, I think you just keep the depth, um, especially you just never know. And I'm usually in the past, they keep five and I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again, despite, you know, Hall's seem never ending streak of this off the field things that seem to limit his availability on the field. Um, and of course, Andrew Houston Carson's uh, injury. I think those are two things to keep in mind, but regardless, I think they'll keep those guys. We haven't talked about Deion Bush in a few weeks, which is interesting, but it's okay. Well, I mean, we don't have to. Uh, we don't even need to right now. I just wanted to point it out that he was someone we talked to you about a lot. And then he's, I know he's been like, you know, slightly injured and he's been in the, you know, in the wings, not really playing, but just wanted to point that out. All right. Special teams. How many you got? I'm assuming it's three and I'm assuming I know exactly which three. I think you do know which three. It's Cody Parkey, Pat O'Donnell and Patrick Scales. Yep, exactly. It's, so, uh, you know, the three P's, uh, Parkey, Patrick and Patrick. Well, yeah. Well, well, Parky, Pat, and Patrick, but Pat, yep, just the short piece. for Patrick. Yeah. So that's our fifty-three. Do you have practice? Do you have a practice squad list or I a have, little bit? I, of, no. I have some. I have some guys that okay. I would like on the practice squad. I didn't do a full ten because it Neither never works I. out that way. Because you're always nope. going to pick someone else up, and I don't know who that will be. But there's no reason to think of that ten are going to make it. This is impossible. They're going to want to get some other guys, some other talent in here, some fresh blood. So for me, uh, my practice squad. Um, I have Mizell since I have Ryan on my roster. Um, Jordan Morgan, uh, Savon Walker, or Kavon Walker. You should just call him Walker. Walker. Uh, I have, who did I go with? On my, I have Fitz out. So Fitz is going to be on my practice squad, of course. Uh, Kevin Tolliver. And the rest of the guys are kind of up in the air. Anyone from Michael Joseph to Josh Woods or Elijah Norris is kind of up in the air, depending on what the Bears want to do with them. What about you? I have, uh, so Kylie Fitz. Demarcus Ayers, Jonathan Mincy over Michael Joseph, Kevin Tolliver, Taquan Mazzell, Ryan Nall, and then Jordan Morgan. So that's two, four, six. So I have seven guys on there. So I think, that, I think that's pretty fair. That's pretty yeah. accurate. And then the remaining three will be other guys from cuts. And yep. who knows? Someone on the fifty-three can end up being a guy who's uh, who's ended up being cut. So exactly, a lot of a lot of variables still in play. I can't wait for Saturday because. I feel bad saying that because I know this is like where some dreams end and, but I want to know who's here and I want to know who's staying. And it's, it's a good thing to know because we can kind of like game plan for it. Uh, especially here on the podcast, like who's going to be here, who's going to be part of this team and how the depth chart kind of shakes out because throughout this preseason, they've really thrown people up and down the depth chart and it's made it very confusing to figure it out, which I think is obviously deliberate. Um, but regardless, I think it was uh, wrapping it up the preseason in general in the 53 man roster. I think this is the most complete and deep team that we've had in Chicago in a very, very long time. I mean, probably since Lovey Smith was head coach, because even though we had offense with Tressman, at least the first year, the defense was aging going the wrong way. And then we kind of got the defense back after a couple of years where the offense trended downward, you know, horrendously, uh, very sharply. And now I think both sides are kind of evening out, right? We had the top 10 defense last year that is staying put. And then we have an offense that's on the rise. And I feel like it's the most balanced team uh, that we've had. And looking at the roster, I mean, I'm very proud of what Ryan Pace has been able to do here at his time of GM. I know they have some difficult cuts to decide. I mean, it's easy for us to speculate and have some fun here in a podcast. But they have some really tough decisions. uh, And those are going to affect how the season plays out. So hopefully they make the right ones. Uh, So that's all I have on the 53-man roster and really the preseason. I'm I'm really happy to put a bow on it and call it completed. You know, Finn. But uh, Nick, anything you want to mention before we head off? 
No, I mean, preseason's over with. In nine days, we'll see. Regular season, fo- meaningful football. Bears, Packers, Lambeau Field, Sunday night. That's going to be so exciting. Yeah, I can't even put into words how excited I am. It's 1230 in the morning. My wife is uh, still downstairs, probably sleeping on the couch right now, probably wondering, <laughs> I get off the podcast. I have to work in the morning, so thank you for that. But, um, yeah, that's it, guys. Uh, pat yourself on the back. The preseason is officially over, and the fact that there's like 200 of you at 1230 my time, 1130 Chicago time, uh, watching a preseason postgame show for the <laughs> fifth preseason game, I mean, tap yourself on the you back. Because awesome. that, you guys are it's, awesome. It's seriously great. It really is because – I mean, it's just, it proves you're a diehard. I mean, not many people will go out to not just watch that game, but to listen to two guys recap a meaningless game <laughs> that was awful in the second half and then talk about 53-man roster production. It just means a lot to really, you know, Nick and myself, Brandon, he is watching a, the Purdue Northwestern game in West Lafayette, you know, where uh, he graduated last year. So we all appreciate your support. And if you thought this post-game show was good or entertaining, just wait to the next one and the next one because – the regular season comes here and we kick it up like 10 notches. I'm very excited uh, to break down this season all the way through, like five shows per week. Expect it, get ready for it, schedule for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It really is. All right. And one last call uh, to let you know about our show on Saturday, September 8th at the Pheasant Run Resort in St. Charles, Illinois. Show begins at 1 p.m. Definitely get there early if you're planning on showing up. Come meet us. Come say, hey, we love to talk and meet with all of you. Come get a drink. Come enjoy this man cave that they have set up uh, and watch us talk about our, you know, the Bears against the Packers, our preview. Usually those are going to be on Thursday. Of course, with this live show being on Saturday, we're going to push that back just a couple of days. But we hopefully have something else up in the works to kind of make up for that, a bonus episode, if you will. And if you're interested in, uh, of course, joining us for that and you have any questions or concerns, please tweet us, message us on Facebook, email me at willatthebearsbros.com. I will gladly address any concerns that you may have. If you want to say, hey, I'm coming and get me more excited, definitely do that as well. I really want to meet... Uh, as many of you as possible, and it's going to be a lot of fun uh, having our first ever live show in person uh, coming up on September 8th at the Pheasant Run Resort in St. Charles, Illinois. All right, so again, thanks to everyone who's watching the show here on YouTube. And of course, another big thank you to every single one of you around the world listening to this podcast. I think I can speak for everyone when I say that you know the real season uh, is here. It's going to be an entirely different animal. And I know you're as excited as I am. And that's what makes this thing super special. And yeah, I can't believe I'm actually saying these words. I thought I never would, but the next time you hear from us is going to be part one of our five or maybe six part of the bears Packers preview. I totally botched it, but it's 1240. <laughs> so I can sign off with confidence. So until that preview, uh, hang out, relax, or maybe, or just maybe, Get excited, Bears fans. The season is finally right around the corner. And until next time, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night.
For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. 